couple years ago, I received in both an email and a package from Rachel Carlisle, 94 years old and living in Iowa. Both of them had many questions about my family's history. 34 years ago, not long before my mother died, my mother made the pilgrimage to Iowa to meet with Rachel Carlisle because both of them were interested in genealogy. Oh, I know my more recent roots. I grew up as Albert and Ruth's boy. That's who I was at family reunions. At those reunions, old, old women, women whose ages I now gauge to have been 30 or 35, <laughs> would want to hug and kiss me and say, Are you Ruth's boy? Well, I always was Ruth's boy. Still am Ruth's boy was every year. And, and if the people in little Ulysses, Kansas, population 3,000, didn't know Albert and Ruth, they knew my granddad, P.M. Hampton. And I'd say, well, I'm P.M. Hampton's grand. Oh, yeah, I know you. You're Albert and Ruth's boy, aren't you? The text for this morning, the text for this morning that Barbara read recognizes the importance of one's genealogy. In fact, the Bible has a great deal of genealogical material in it, doesn't it? It's the begat part that you skip over. Even Jesus is situated in such material. If you pay attention to Matthew 1 and parts of Luke 3. Our text for this morning speaks of the importance of one's genealogy, but speaks of its importance with relationship from the perspective of our faith. And the role that our genealogy plays in our coming to be persons of faith. The names from our past influence our present. And the presence of faith in our lives. You see, life depends on relatedness, doesn't it? Without our parents having been related to each other in a very intimate way, we would never have been born. The Bantus of South Africa say a person is a person because of other persons. We are born into relationship. We grow and live in relationship. We learn to speak. That's how we learn to speak is through relationship. And finally, we die in relationship. In a very practical sense, life itself depends on relationship. We depend on others for things that make our life go. While we don't know the names or faces, we have a relationship with those who build our automobiles, with those mechanics that repair them when they inevitably break down, others who to make and sell the fuel that we put in our car. All of us depend on others to grow at least a portion of the food that we eat. We depend on others for the materials and the building of the houses in which we live. The list is endless. There is no self-made person. We all depend on others for life itself. Without relationship, we cease to be human and we die. Timothy had a genealogy. Our text for this morning mentions a grandmother and a mother. And without them and others, Timothy never would have been born, never lived, and never been a person of faith. Because we are dependent on relatedness for our faith. 
Paul acknowledges in the text that Timothy is a person of faith. Why? Because that faith first resided in his grandmother Lois, his mother Eunice, and now Paul is sure in Timothy himself. It's absolutely true that we come to faith in Christ personally and individually, but that individualism does not exhaust the meaning of faithful discipleship because discipleship at the end of the day is practiced. The fruits of discipleship are shown in relationship. Authentic faith in the risen Lord connects us with others, gives us a name. We are called Christians, little Christ's names are pivotal, pivotal to faith. So Paul calls out those three names, grandmother, grandmother, mother, and Timothy himself. I think I told this to at least one of the groups I talked with when we were here on August the 28th, but I'll never forget when I preached at Second Baptist Church in Liberty, Missouri several years ago. I'd served that church in the early 80s. Church had 500 or so average attendance. And at that, when I served the church, I knew most everybody's names. Well, after my sermon, three adult, senior adult women caught me in the aisle and wanted to talk. You know, and trying to show my prowess in knowing names, I called two of them by name, and I looked at the other one, and I drew an absolute blank. We chatted for a few moments, and I thought, well, maybe she won't notice. Then she looked at me, and she said, Lane, you call these other two by name. You haven't called me. Do you know my name? I thought, oh, Lord, Lord, don't fail me now, Lord. And I was just getting ready to open my mouth and say, you know, I'm sorry. My memory's just not, you know, I was 33 at the time. My memory's not what it used to be. And I said, oh, sure, I know you. You're Dorothy Jackson. And she smiled like I'd given her life because I remembered her name. Now, I will never, ever remember the names of those other two women, but I will never forget Dorothy Jackson's name. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What are the names in your past that have given you life? Carlisle Marnie called them balcony people. The book of Hebrews calls them a great cloud of witnesses. Not your physical life, but your spiritual life. Who are those whose, whose example illumines the way for you today, even though they may have been dead for years? Through whom did you hear God call you by name? We all have this reservoir of recollection. In my reservoir of recollection are Dwayne Wagner, Oscar Barnes, Alice Steinbaugh, and others who took an ornery little kid and taught him in Sunday school training union RAs. What are the names in your reservoir of recollection? Our faith is dependent on relatedness. Our relationship with God is dependent on Jesus' relationship with God as God's child. But our faith is dependent on those around us, the Loises and the Eunices in your life and in mine. Whose faith is still a witness to us today and through 
them we heard and still hear God call us by name. I thank God, Paul testifies, whom I serve with a clear conscience, as did my ancestors. You see, Paul didn't throw the past. That past was a foundation that called him to faith. And in Jesus Christ, he had received new revelation of what God is about in the world. And he looks back and he remembers the faithfulness in his own reservoir of recollection. You see, both Timothy and Paul better see and understand and experience the things of God because of their capacity to remember the names of those who cradled them in the faith. The result of this, according to Paul, in this letter to Timothy, is that it will help stir up the gift of God within us. We won't be timid, but have a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline, some things that our world needs desperately. It all comes down to the names in our genealogy and how we allow them to speak to us and stir up the gift of God in us. Did you ever think those of you who serve in some ministry through this church or elsewhere that you perhaps are becoming a part of someone else's reservoir of recollection? That you are providing a foundation and encouragement and impetus, a blessing for others to move towards faith, healthier, more mature faith. Fred Craddock taught at Emory in Atlanta, Candler School of Theology for many years. <clears throat> he, tell, he told of leaving church where he was a member at the time. One Sunday right after worship, he had an afternoon speaking engagement. The quickest way to get out of the building was to go through the choir room. Sounds familiar. In this place, you go through another room to get to another room to get to another room. And I'm still learning my way around. There in the choir room after worship was Mary, Mary Williams. I'm hanging it up. You're what? He said. Hanging it up? Yeah, yeah, I'm quitting the choir. I've had enough. I'm worn out. Fred couldn't talk. He had his speaking engagement, but it bothered him all day long. So when he got home that evening, he called Mary. Mary, I wish you'd reconsider. You, you, you've got such wonderful gifts. It's an important ministry in our church. Why don't you, why don't you keep singing in the choir? No, I'm quitting. Since no, I, I, I just sense nobody cares. You think nobody cares, Mary? That's right. Nobody cares. Mary. Mary. A lot of people care for you. Who are they? Mary. Mary wants some names. She wants the names of some folks who care for and about her, who will stand with her in her woundedness, her pain, will be there to celebrate the good and grieve the bad and grieve the losses. Mary wants some names. She wants to know who cares. 
She needs a reservoir of recollection. She needs it replenished. She needs some balcony people. She needs a great cloud of witnesses. Out of the chaos of life, she needs a name to call out to, one who will call out to her. She needs a genealogy. She needs that reservoir of recollection through which she can have the gift of God stirred up in her. She needs to hear God call her by name, by hearing you call her name. Mary, Mary needs some names. May I give her yours? May I? Amen.